You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Welcome, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. And guess what? I'm Al Melchior, your host for the show. And I love the new music, by the way. And guess what we've got today, folks? He's back. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's Nando Thursday. Nando DeFino, welcome back to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I love it. I love the new name. With Al Melchior, really adds a little sparkle to it. Ah, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I, you know, I like it. it, it it's, it's got a nice ring. All those fake I, fantasy baseball hours running around there without El Melchior. <laughs> it separates yourself. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we have to put it in there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of trades, big trades going on, Nando. Were you, were you aware of that? Uh, in the NBA, yes. <laughs> in Major yeah. League Baseball, uh, if it happened in the last three or four hours, No. Or was that sarcasm? There was like a minor trade that I missed. Uh, no, not even a minor one. No. I was talking about the NBA. Oh, okay. Go. <laughs> All right. I love your so trick yeah, questions, Al. Yesterday we had the big uh, Russell Wilson deal. Today, uh, yeah, we've got NBA trades uh, all over the place. We're not going to talk about them, though. Because we, we do. We have a lot of baseball stuff to talk about. No trades, but as always, lots of trade rumors. We've got an update on New Darvish. We've got an update on Jake Odorizzi, Colin McHugh. Uh, were you Colin McHugh guy? I'm trying, I, no. I associate you with him for some reason. I was, I was not. Um, the other two guys you mentioned, yes. McHugh, I was always kind of like, yeah, I don't know about McHugh, man. His minor league numbers, even though they might be a little PCL-ish and Sally League-ish, uh, I don't like him. <laughs> it's, it's a long way from the, the Sally League to the PCL. You know, I'd also confuse him with um, Lance McCullers. I guess I get the, the MCs coming up in the Astros system confused for some reason. Yeah, well... It's just like I always think that Darren O'Day is a lefty because Eric O'Flaherty is a lefty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can see that. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're, you know, we both have our thing. Uh, we got some <laughs> interesting news about uh, unsigned free agents. Uh, really, really interesting. I don't know if it's news, Nando, but uh, a report on Derek Fisher that I definitely want to talk about. I'm going to continue my sleepers and bus countdown and toss another outlier out there for uh, people to, to gaze at. And we're going to talk about safe starting pitchers. That was something I raised on the show roughly, I guess, a week ago. So I'd follow through on it, lied blatantly, and uh, so now I'm <laughs> going to try and make up for it. You're a good guy <laughs> like about- that, Al. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, that uh, free agent news that I was alluding to. Um, this actually I saw just right before going on the air here. The uh, Major League uh, Players Association has chosen the site for the free agents, the unsigned free agents, to go to spring training to. Because they, you know, it's spring training for them, just like it is for players with the team. They're going to go uh, to the IMG Academy in Bradenton and have their own spring training there. Al, you know what's, you know what's crazy? And I don't want to just take us off the rails immediately, but this is related to it. Okay. Right after the um, the strike, I don't. I did a story on this back like ten years ago for AOL.com for Fan House, 
and they took all, they, I was looking for it when I saw your notes today so I could figure out like just remember the details but they were going to do a barnstorming tour this is during the strike before the strike was settled um, mm-hmm. they were going to do a barnstorming tour of MLB players the MLBPA was organizing it it was going to be four teams of 25 each they're going to all play each other and then go on to the next park and part of that was after the strike ended all these unsigned free agents had nowhere to go and they did this and it was 95 I think this happened before um, oh wow! It was wherever the the Indians um, hurricane ravaged city was uh, when they had the ballpark, the Winter Park, not Winter Park. Uh, no, and I've actually been to that park, and it's a cool park, uh, Winter Garden. Maybe? I can't. I want to say Clearwater too. It's not. It's definitely not Winter Park though. But yeah. um, I'll think of it. Anyway, yeah, wherever anyway. it was, they did a free agent for all the guys who didn't get signed because of the strike. This is a totally different situation, but they had it. And this guy told me, like, a couple amazing stories about what it was like. It was just, like, this weird vibe, and people were leaving every day because they'd get signed. And then, you know, it was whittled down to just, like, this strong group of, you know, patched together, you know, clubhouse guys and managers. And I forget. I, I, I'm going to go find the guy and get this story again because it's amazing, and I think it's timely. Um, but this happened before in 95. Wow. See, you know, we think that this is something shiny and new, and it's, it's old hat for you. It's Well, I mean, I just... So the guy who told me the story is my friend's brother-in-law. And we were getting drunk one night. He's like, man, I, got a st- I know you like sports. I got a story for you. <laughs> he was a clubhouse manager for the Pirates. And so they asked him to be the clubhouse manager for this, uh, the barnstorming tour. Mm-hmm. So he still has, like, Randy Johnson black jerseys in his basement. Oh, my God. Like, they had jerseys and everything. And then his buddy, who he had going with him to do the barnstorming stuff, ended up running the free agent camp. Well, that's wild. Yeah. I'll find him, Al. He'd be a good guest for the baseball All right. Well, yeah, yeah I, I would love that. I would love that. All right. Well, uh, very cool. One more note on the, the current iteration of this. Uh, the uh, players go into IMG in Bradenton. Uh, that first came to us from Ken Rosenthal. Uh, he's been busy. Uh, we'll have some more scoops from him in this segment. Uh, it's going to be a cool time to be a baseball fan in on the Gulf Coast, Florida, because you got now you got the unsigned free agent camp. You've got uh, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton hitting batting practice and the gates opening early so people can go see that in uh, in Tampa. I mean, how cool is all that? I think it's I think it's awesome. They're catering yeah. to fans, Al. Gotta do it. You gotta have to do right? it. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sure those guys uh, well, will sign autographs. Dude, John Carlos Stanton will probably sit there. The stories abound of him signing autographs for like hours afterwards, too. Seems like wow. they know oh. what's up. Yeah, they just, you know, I don't want them to burn themselves out. No. <laughs> Me Getting either. Back to a, to a selfish fantasy perspective, which is what this, this fantasy hour is really all about. Um, J.D. Martinez, some people maybe think he's being selfish. I don't know. Uh, he's got a five-year offer from the Red Sox for at least $120 million. Uh, of course, the news came out yesterday that he was, quote unquote, fed up with the Red Sox. And since then, Scott Boris has come out and said not true. But now we have another scoop uh, from Bob Nightingale of USA Today that J.D. Martinez is now discussing short and long term possibilities with the, with the Diamondbacks. So it'd be interesting. It would. It would. I would like that for him better than the Red Sox, even with the humidor, because he liked John Carlos Stanton. I think transcends park factor. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I when we were working together back in 2012, I remember JD Martinez was coming up as like. And you look at his minor league numbers, like this guy's can't miss. Like he's got 300 plus average. He's got developing power. He's going to be amazing. 
And then the Astros just kind of messed with him a little bit. And then he just kind of blossomed into this amazing player who's like a can't-miss power hitter. Oh, it's, I mean, it's one of the cool stories of like the last, you know, of maybe this decade even. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, ahead of his time in terms of the, the whole fly ball revolution thing. And I just want to say, by the way, I don't think J.D. Martinez is, is uh, selfish. I was just looking for a, a clever way to make a segue. <laughs> <laughs> He's, I you know, it's it's tough. Like, who is there? You know, the only losers here are the fans, Al. Well, I think that's true. Yeah. I th- I, although, well, like you know, what? I'm gonna I'm going to amend that because I think the players, you know, uh, they're not uh, they're not coming out of this well right now. I guess, but I mean, is it like? So I went and looked at the list of free agents. Uh, ESPN has a list of the remaining free agents, and I'm going through them all. And I'm like, look, you know, Arietta's got those arm problems. J.D. Martinez, yeah, I can see. You, Darvish, I would love to have him. But I was going through just looking at it like, if I'm playing in this Diamond Mine League, for instance, that the one that you quit on, Al, Keeper League, mm-hmm. would I want of these guys on my team? Like, would I go, and, you know, 31 to 33 years old, for five to seven-year contracts. Like, really, I was looking at you, Darvish. I was even looking at, like, the guys who could go, like, two-year contracts and help them somewhere. And it's not an attractive group of free agents. If you're looking at it strictly from a dynasty league fantasy baseball format. So mm-hmm. in real life, these guys demanding a ton of money that teams aren't going to get out of. It's maybe it is a reckoning. Maybe it's a new world order. I suppose. And, you know, I've talked about it on the show in previous episodes. And, and of course, a lot, it's been, you know, very well discussed and heavily documented in terms of the role that the CBA is playing in all this. But uh, I don't know the, it, this has gotten pretty extreme to this point. And, you know, Major League Baseball. Is the franchises are making plenty of money. Uh, it just seems like there ought to be a way to, to get these guys signed. Um, oh, sorry, Al. That's a very corporate response from you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could be more corporate uh, saying, you know, I, that the, that you, the owners uh, should be able to squeeze every penny out of this uh, that they can. Are you worried Jonathan Lucroy might be listening? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, uh, if you look at that list, you're like, I don't know if I'd put them on my dynasty team. Well, I get it. It's all all relative to you know past years, and sure. something something has gotten out of whack. Um, by the way, this is also now thanks to you, Nando, the second show in a row that there's been a reference to me quitting a league. <laughs> that, uh, I had Brett Sayer on yesterday and, and apologized on air for dropping out of his league. For the same reason I dropped out of the Diamond League to to save you know, save myself a little time for work and taking care of our horse and you know, stuff like that. I understand. And that's not a metaphor, yeah. you have an actual horse for those that's for true. those listening. Yeah. I'm actually wearing my, my mucking boots right now. I, I think this is probably the <laughs> only fantasy baseball podcast. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say it's the only fantasy baseball cop podcast where the host wears mucking boots while podcasting. I think that's safe. I think that's a safe one. All right. Well, if somebody can challenge that, uh, at Al Melky or BB on Twitter. Uh, let's let's talk about some other guys looking for uh, perhaps new teams. Jake Odorizzi has been rumored to be traded all off season. Uh, we now have a report from the busy Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic that the Twins and Orioles are both interested. Twins are also interested in the aforementioned Colin McHugh. And the Orioles, according to Rosenthal, may be interested. I'm not really sure what that means, but it would seem like a, a good fit. Uh, right now, McHugh is totally buried on the depth chart in Houston. Don't see how there's any way of him starting without at least a couple of injuries. So, uh, 
if he does move to, let's say, you know, Baltimore, or for that matter, the Twins, who really, really badly need some starting pitching, how much do you like McHugh going into this year? I would like it a lot if he went to Minnesota. I know I was kind of whatever about McHugh earlier, and I was never a McHugh guy, but, um, you know, look, he's got, he's got a shot at low ERA. He's got a shot at a decent whip. He's not going to strike a ton of people out, but he'll strike enough out if he pitches the 200 innings to be good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think if he goes to Minnesota, and that it's just I'd rather see you Darvish there. I could see you Darvish and McHugh there, but um, yeah, you're right. He's, he's got more value than being like the eighth inning guy in Houston, which he's shaping up to be, like backup closer to Ken Giles right now. I mean, that might even be you know, optimistic. That might even be like best case scenario because they've still got a pretty good bullpen. I mean, maybe you see Davinsky in the eighth inning or Will Harris. Yeah. So and they got Joe Smith too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he he needs he needs to, to be traded for Wilmer <laughs> Flora. Actually, well, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah, for someone. <laughs> right. I'm yeah, just thinking of someone thing else I want to free. What do the Astros need? That's the whole thing. I mean, I guess you know, restock the farm. No, I mean, I'm not a huge Josh Reddick kind of person, and I battled Greg Sussman for our, our co-owned team last year to not put Josh Reddick on our team. But um, I, I don't think they need the, the. Can you upgrade that right field? Josh Reddick's good. He's what that team well, needs right there. I wanted to talk about one of your favorite guys, David Paulino. But again, you know, in in service of the the perfect segue here, uh, there was a story in MLB.com about how the Astros uh, roster shaping up and way, way down. I mean, you really had to scroll, you know, far down the column to see this. But to me, this was the, the headline bit, at least for fantasy, that Jeff Luno says that Derek Fisher could get at least 400 at bats this season and basically uh, inferring he's going to be the main left fielder. So, I mean, does that hurt Reddick? Do, do you see um, Marwin Gonzalez maybe uh, playing more in right field or does that hurt Marwin Gonzalez who right now, I think has tremendous draft value with all the position eligibility that he has. Um, I mean, how do you see this this shaking out in terms of uh, playing time for everybody? I guess it'll hurt a few people. I mean, Reddick's a lefty and Fisher's a lefty, so that does. There's no gain there. Right. Gonzalez is a switch hitter, so what's the, the upside is Gonzalez can play a bunch of positions and they have a DH. But are you going to knock Gaddis out of there maybe for the lefty Fisher once in a while, or maybe to have Marwin Gonzalez bat lefty once in a while? Um, I could see like a domino effect, really. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned Gaddis too and that possibility because this is this is precisely the reason why I feel like I'm lower on Gaddis than it seems like just about anybody because um, I just do not trust the playing time for him. There's way too many moving parts there that you know, probably hurts everybody a little bit. I think it, it, it will hurt Marwin Gonzalez. Um, Reddick yeah. has not been, you know, really an everyday guy, like you say, you know, more of a platoon guy. But I'm excited about Derek Fisher getting 400 plus at bats, if that if that is true. I would believe it. You know, coming out of football season where coaches lie all the time and there's a lot of obfuscation, it's kind of nice to be back in baseball where someone like Luna is going to be like, he's going to get 400 at bats, and he will get 400 <laughs> at bats. Or you're like, we're going in with Giles as our closer, and Giles is the closer. Um, it's refreshing again. So I actually, I believe it. I just can't really map out who exactly is going to get hurt the most out of this. Marlon Gonzalez had a great year last year. He did. He did. And it's sort of, a, to me, it's reminiscent of the situation in Milwaukee right now with, with um, Domingo Santana, where it's hard to imagine that guy not being an everyday player, but where, you know, he seems like the odd man out unless, you know, 
Ryan Braun's a full-time first baseman or they trade Ryan Braun or, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how else that gets shaken out there. I can't see how you bench Domingo. Like, I can't see Domingo Santana, who still, I think, is developing still um, Mm -hmm. as a a keeper league owner of several Domingo Santanas. Um, (laughs) I'm like, you're like, finally, he's getting that regular playing time. He's in there. He's showing what he can do. I, I just can't see them doing that to him. No, I can't either, but I, I have almost, I wouldn't say as hard, but almost as hard of a time seeing it with Marwin Gonzalez. And what makes it a little bit easier is that he has that long history with the Astros of playing all over the place and being a utility guy. So I could see his his playing time getting ratcheted down a little bit, but then you look at what he did last year. How do you keep that bat out of the lineup? It's it's hard to figure out, but uh, this is our cue, Nando. we got to head to break, but when we come back, I do want to drop a little statistical nugget about Derek Fisher that I think is good and important. And um, we'll get to uh, sleepers and busts as well. So just hang on, folks. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour with your host, Al Melchior. That's me. And my guest today for the whole show, Nando Dofino, because it's Nando Thursdays. Yay. Yay, indeed. It's good to have you back, Nando. First, well, first planned appearance for 2018. (laughs) True. I did jump in on the Miguel Castro (laughs) bit. I'm sorry. Uh, I was not sorry. Uh, I was, was glad to... Glad to have you on the show and, and glad to have a little support and uh, do a little touting of Miguel Castro, even if it was as a round 50 pick. Uh, it won't be the I guarantee it won't be the last time that I talk about Miguel Castro, but maybe on this show it is uh, this this episode. Uh, we were talking about uh, Derek Fisher right before the break. And, you know, there's there's some reason to be skeptical, uh, even with this report that uh, he could get at least 400 uh, bats for the Astros this coming year, get the bulk of the playing time in left field. Uh, He struck out a whole bunch when he came up last year, and you just can't always trust those skill indicators that you see in the minor leagues. He uh, was last couple of seasons, you know, right around like 20% in terms of strikeout rate, 33% as a rookie. So he batted 212, and he had a very normal-looking 299 Babbitt. I mean, that's practically the definition of normal. But you look at the batted ball profile that he put together. It was pretty impressive, Nando. I mean, he made a lot of hard contact when he did make contact. And a lot of line drives. I mean, it it doesn't look like the profile of somebody with an average Babbitt. And if you go to X stats, which I recommend you all do uh, when you're doing some research, uh, great, great uh, stats there. 
he grades out as a much, much better hitter on, on balls in play last season. 346 as opposed to 299 in, in the actual real world. So do you find that at all encouraging? Does that increase that, your enthusiasm for, for Derek Fisher this year? Or you still think that skepticism is really, really warranted? No, I, I think if, if we're looking at it like um, like first, if, if you eliminate the whole, is he going to get 400 at-bats? Isn't he going to get 400? Just say he's going to get 400 at-bats. I look at those stats and I think it's, very encouraging. I didn't. I didn't know those stats, Al. So I'm processing right now, live on air. Uh, no, I like. Well, look. You know me. Like I go to the minor league stats first. I see what he did with home runs, and I see what he did with batting average. I see what he did on base percentage, um, and obviously steals thrown in at the end. But um, it, it's a small sample size, I guess. It it is encouraging, I think, because it's a small sample size. He didn't get a chance to really get into a groove and f- like for his luck to improve. I would chalk this up to unluckiness. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose that, you know, I, I maybe a little bit to that, I think more to just making the transition because we see this a lot. Uh, but man, I mean, if he gets closer to what he did do in the minor leagues with those numbers that you're, you're alluding to, I mean, power, speed, batting average, um, you know, supported both by BABIP and by not striking out too much. I mean, I like Derek Fisher a lot and I'm totally that he could play as much as, uh, Jeff Lunau said that he might, that would be Really, that he he he's going to take a big jump in my rankings for sure. Have you done? Have you, uh, played, about, have you yeah. played out of the park baseball? Do I ask you this every year? That game, that OOTP simulator game. No, you, I mean you asked me last year, and um, and I said, yeah, I'll definitely play it, and, and then no, I, I didn't because <laughs> I I lied again. But uh, I, I you know, I've actually been thinking about Nando because it was just a matter of you know I kept wanting to get around to it and I just didn't. But I I do want to play this year. Maybe we get you a free media copy uh, when the guy emails oh. me like every March. Yeah, uh, but the point is like this. This reminds me of a very personal experience where I I build up a team. Yeah, I think I had the Padres from three years ago, and you make a bunch of trades, you make free agent signings, and you there were little loopholes in the game where you get like five star minor leaguers as throw-ins. Uh, but the point is, it reminds me of this team like where I had too many good bench players, and that's what it looks like the Astro. I don't. Look, I haven't looked at a team in a long time. Like I have the Astros, where it's like they have too many very solid, good bench players. Like I know it's, it's crazy. Mets rotation, fine. That's pitching, but th- they have way yeah. too many good players. Yeah, uh, you know, all over the place. I mean, Brad Peacock is going to be in the bullpen. It looks like uh, your guy David Paulino probably in AAA. Francis Martez, who taking a closer look. Um, he could be a late round flyer for me. He's way down on the depth chart, but you know, Nando, you and I have both said a zillion times, the skills usually win out, things work themselves out. And I think his numbers last year were very misleading. He had, he, you know, uh, had some decent control, even though the walk rate was high and, uh, missed a lot of bats. So, I mean, that's just the pitching side. And on the hitting side, there's Fisher, there's, um, uh, AJ Reed, and um john singleton the, the, well not so much now I but know. uh <laughs> jd davis all kinds of guys with initials that's true and you know just you skipped over helio uh armenteros and forrest whitley like i i have armenteros mm-hmm. on uh the score sheet league on the pitching side and i'm like i want to hold on to him i was like i want him to be my keeper but what's gonna happen? like nothing's gonna happen to this guy there's no way for him yeah. to make the rotation you mentioned a full yeah, staff right. of guys who are ahead of him <laughs> to break into the staff. <laughs> That's right. And Forrest Whitley's yeah, the other one. Everyone's on Forrest Whitley so hard yeah. this year. That, what's he going to do? Middle relief at best? Yeah, probably. Right there with Brad Peacock. I mean, it's, it's nuts. 
you're right, could field a whole other team with the guys that won't even make the roster or you know make won't make the roster or won't make the 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 starting rotation or lineup. It's it's uh, they're they're not going anywhere. And like you <laughs> said Astros, earlier, that's... if you trade, say you even get the crazy idea of trading uh, Forrest Whitley, but you don't need anything coming back. <laughs> right. This, these are these poor guys. Poor Forrest Whitley. Poor Rahelio. Well, that's why you know maybe uh, a Josh Reddick, um, you know, would be a good trade chip, or uh, you know, or maybe Mar- I, I don't see them trading Marlon Gonzalez, but you know, because what they could use is more prospects. And now they're not desperate for it, but that's, you know, anything else is just going to go to waste. Right. So, right. It's, uh, yeah, hard to figure out. Uh, uh, let's just get to a couple other players uh, in the news. Uh, according to St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Colton Wong is going to work with Willie McGee this spring to try to steal more bases. He's always wanted to hit higher in the order. He's given up on that big dream. He's happy hitting in the lower third of the Cardinals order, but he wants to uh, steal more bases and score more runs. So I, I think I've heard this before from Colton Wong. Seems like every spring he wants to do something. He wants to steal bases. He wants to hit homers. He wants to hit for average. You know, I mean, we, we'd all love that. But uh, I don't know. Do you see any stolen base appeal there? Uh, maybe. I mean, you're working with Willie McGee. He's one of the best in the game. But, I mean, uh, like he wants to work with Willie McGee or he's been working with Willie. If you're serious about this, you started working with Willie McGee in like October. <laughs> And not like, oh, I'm going to show up in March and talk to Willie McGee for a day. <laughs> I think it's future tense. Uh, but I think he was just uh, promoted. Like, he, he had been working with uh, guys in the past in spring training, and I guess he's now got, a, like, a permanent year-round position with the, with the Cardinals. Well, that's, I guess that's so I think that, sure. That was part of the story. I'm leaving out critical context here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I'm... I'm still like I'm. You look at roster resource, and they're projecting Jed Jerko for the bench, and I'm like, how does this keep happening? What more does this guy have to do to have like Colton Wong still be ahead of him on this team that lacks power? I don't know, but again, since you have always lived by things will work themselves out, I think you just have to figure Jer- Jerko's going to get the playing time. Yeah. I actually, I think he's going to get it. Maybe a little bit from Wong. I think he's going to get it from from Paul DeYoung. I, he was my bust of the day yesterday. I just think Jerko's just the better player. Jump on board, Al. <laughs> you're, but you're, uh, you're still the the engineer. You're the the you know, the engineer of the train, the Jerko train. Thanks, appreciate that. <laughs> Plenty of room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping on board. Um, Rowdy Reed has been suspended uh, for 80 games for a positive PED test. He was one of the guys that was rumored to possibly be going to the Marlins in a JT Real Muto trade. So I don't know if that throws a wrench in that. But I haven't read anything about uh, those sorts of rumors with Real Muto going anywhere in a few days. But um, you know, Reed's been sort of an interesting prospect, uh, but he's, he's blocked a bit anyways, especially with the, the signing of Miguel Montero in D.C. Um, but he is eligible to participate in spring training for whatever that's worth. So there's that. So that. So there is that. And now, who do you like better, much... Rowdy Reed or Rowdy Telez? Rowdy Reed. All right. Even with the suspension. Okay. What, what happened to Rowdy Telez? He had a bad year last year. I bet you he was hurt and he didn't yeah. tell anybody. That that seems like one of those weird things that happens. That is why I was playing with a torn shoulder labrum all year. Oops. I mean, maybe it's it's too bizarre. I mean, just totally 
dropped off the edge last year. And I was I thought he was going to be one of those guys that would you know get called up in August or something. I also didn't expect that Justin Smoke was going to do what Justin Smoke did. So right, that would have preempted it anyway, most likely. But uh, I guess uh, you can buy low now on Rowdy Telez. There you go. <laughs> Another one of Nando's keepers, uh, as I was clearing out the cobwebs and score sheet yesterday. <laughs> like, I think I'm going to safely yeah. let him go now. Yeah, I've got to do my uh, – was this for the BP Kings League? Yes. I've still got to do my list. You know, next – For I, them. When's it, the deadline's next week. Right. Maybe that's next Nando Thursday. Uh, chat a little what we did with our score sheet teams. Oh, definitely. Let's Let's mark that one down. That's a very easy rundown. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I, look, we're not even three-fourths through the first page. I keep interrupting you. I'll be quiet. <laughs> That's all right. It's, it's time to uh, shift over to the Sleepers Countdown. And I'm going to go double duty today if we, if we get that far. <laughs> but I think we, I think we, can, I think we can do it. <laughs> no. you, missed, uh, you missed the first two spots, which were not really in order. But I had to do Todd Frazier because of the Todd Frazier news. So he's, he's later on the list to oh, be that's, announced. That's the question mark. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had back-to-back Frasers. Adam Frazier was number 10. Todd Frazier was uh, number question mark. And then uh, I've got number nine and number eight queued up. So my number nine sleeper for this year is Robert Stevenson, who finished really, really strong last year. Last two months, uh, pitched 50 and a third innings. 2.50 ERA, a 1.27 whip, which, to put that in context, walked 28 guys in those 50 and a third innings. So, obviously, a little bit of BABIP help there for the whip. Yeah. Uh, but struck out 52, so a little bit more than one per, per inning. And here's the part that, that really caught my attention. Gave up only two homers in 50 and a third innings in a season when, you know, most pitchers were like 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 homers per, per nine, and he was well, well, well under one. Um, and the thing is that this is guy talked, I think it was yesterday, about how a lot of times when we see these really strong finishes, we shouldn't really treat them in most cases like they're any different than a stretch that you find in May or June. But he did make a, an arsenal change that coincided with this. So I'm going to make another exception to the rule. <laughs> went, with the slider more, went with the slider more often, uh, took the curve almost completely out of his arsenal. And so he basically substituted a pitch that was a big-time fly ball pitch, not really a great swing and miss pitch for a pitch that was much better for ground balls and swings and misses. So I, th- there's no way hitters will adjust to that, right? Never. <laughs> No, I, so how are you liking Robert Stevenson? You know, uh, I, well, so I like Robert Stevenson, but I, the more I dig into his stats, it's the more I think I like him because he was always on top prospect lists. Like, I have two categories of guys I like, or like the top prospect list guys, and then the uh, Rogelio Armentez guys who are just, uh, I discover by like sorting by whip and strikeouts on, on milb.com. <laughs> but <laughs> accidentally stumble upon some of these guys. But the more I looked at Stevenson, the more I like Brandon Finnegan, it, but I, mm. but I want to be. I, I like Robert Stevenson. I think he's flying way under the radar, and I think exactly how you dug out those last two months because I had him on a couple teams, and I'm like, he's doing all right, man. If you need to sort by last 28 <laughs> days, like, how come no one's talking about Robert Stevenson? But you know, he was always the guy who was supposed to be on the Reds. He's going to be the future of the Red staff. Um, didn't really like tear up the minors. Like there wasn't a lot of like 2.48 ERA, 0.98 WHIP, 10K per nine. Um, 
But it's very Mike Montgomery like, right? Yeah, you know, that's perfect, Al. Yes, and I can't tell how many strikeouts <laughs> he's going to get. That, that's my problem. He's not yeah. a consistent strike. K per nine's up and down. It's got peaks and valleys. But I do like him. But just not. I can see him as a sleeper, not as someone I want to go hard after, though. Yeah, well, that's why he's on the sleepers list. The the guys you want to go hard at list is going to be a different show. Okay. But uh, I'd like to be on the I hard mean, show. Is, Make that a Thursday. All right. Thank you. Make it Thursday. Okay. You're welcome. The, my biggest worry about Stevenson is just that, uh, you know, they've got a zillion guys competing for that fifth spot. And some, some guys I like, like Sal Romano. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Tyler Maley. So, you know, it's not a given that he's going to break camp. But if he can, you know, certainly carry over what he did late in the year, which is a really, uh, you know, a tenuous thing to bank on, uh, you know, then that, that gives him a little bit of an edge. But let's get to uh, sleeper number eight, Kendris Morales. So going definitely a, a different gear here with somebody who's been around for a long time. His current now Stevenson's ADP is well out of the top 400, 453 uh, on uh, in AFDC uh, leagues. Uh, but what did I just say? My I God. think you're trying to say NFBC leagues. I'm trying to say NFBC leagues and I ADP. Kind of, they merged. I, I, yeah, I, I kind of merged those things. <laughs> Morales, <laughs> Morales is uh, NFADPDC is uh, 299. <laughs> that strikes me as really low. I, I think he does at a position where a lot of people do it, the same thing you can get almost. I mean, what, what do you have Matt Adams projected for? How close is he to Kendris Morales' numbers, for instance? You know, like I, I think Adams? he just. Yeah, Matt Adams. Do you know, maybe, nah, I, maybe I, that's I, for another show if we're going to disagree on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I guess you know, I, hadn't really, I hadn't really thought about that that much. I just sort of assumed Morales has, you know, been a good hitter the last few years. He's going to get the you know the bulk of the playing time and uh you know he's uh he's gonna out earn that adp so right you're so you're basically yeah i think if you look at it in a vacuum if he's he out earns that adp but maybe there's someone else who has better value 100 picks later who's gonna also hit 27 home runs and 255 or 265 hmm. interesting all right well we can uh pick this up after uh, the music stops and then we hear some stuff and then the music starts again. In other words, we're going to go to break. So we come back, more Kendra's talk and a couple of busts too. So stick around. We'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back. You're listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. And I'm here with Nando DeFino because it's Nando Thursday. It's what we do on Nando Thursday. So, uh, Nando, I had a moment or two to think about Matt Adams during the break. <laughs> and it just, 
that 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 was not the argument I was expecting because I just I don't see how Matt Adams is really. I mean, out unless you're just counting on Ryan Zimmerman being hurt again. A little bit of um, that. I'm not. I'm not sure where the playing time is going to come for him. Whereas I don't see the obstacle to playing time for Morales, and I just think that the stats have been pretty steady for him. And given what those stats are, and, and that I'm not expecting, you know, any sort of big decline, I just see them in different orbits, really, Morales and Adams. I think you're right. So maybe I phrased it poorly. In <laughs> in reality, yes. There are a couple <laughs> things have to go right for Matt Adams to actually get enough playing time, and I am banking on Ryan Zimmerman falling off, getting hurt, something weird happening. But uh, yeah. Adams has him. Fr- Basically, if you put Adams as the starting first baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, um, he was just the first name that came to mind because we just took him to draft champions. And I'm trying to argue with Vaccaro that he's going to get enough playing time to be you know, a good draft champions pick because um, uh-huh. we didn't have power. So I'm thinking of a guy who's going to hit 260 with 30 home runs over 500 to 600 at bats. He was a bad example. Who's, I need okay, a, right, but, how about Ryan? Well, Ryan Zimmerman's probably got a higher ADP than Morales. You know what, Al? You're right. This is your show. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's not a Thursday. So I know, but it's, it's not right. Our, our names are both, are both out there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's the Fantasy Baseball Nando Thursday Hour with Al Melchior. I don't, that sounds better. There's got to be yeah. a better way to mix that up to make an acronym out of it. Like yeah, I'm going to wait till the... <laughs> Give us a couple days on that. Yeah, uh, easily. Okay, so yeah, the point my, is... Yeah, I might have to wait till the next, next Thursday. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, you come up with a pun, I'll come up with the acronym. That was always our strength. <laughs> anyway, I, I, that was I, my I was kind of... Really yeah, sorry. Take this off the rails, but like, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk again about Kendris Morales. <laughs> Kendris Morales, 250-28 home runs, just seems like a very common thing this day and age for a first baseman. How about that? That seems fair. Okay. That seems fair. But um, anyhow, so yeah, I think uh, Morales, I mean, look, he's, he's eighth on the sleepers list. So I'm not, you know, the most confident about him uh, out earning that. But, you know, they're, they're, they're the guys that are going to be on the list to come, I'll, I'll have stronger feelings about. But, uh, you know, I just, that's, I think he deserves a little bit more, a little bit more love. Fair enough. He All was right. well, he was go. elite average yeah. six years ago, mm-hmm. and he could always come back. You don't lose a skill, like Ron Chandler says. Yeah, yeah, and he's gotten a little bit ripped off the last couple of years in batting average too. But if you go to uh, xstats.org, you can you can see why that's the case. I'll do that. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, continue with the bus countdown. Uh, number ten was Manny Margot. Number nine, as I mentioned earlier, Paul DeYoung, and number eight is Trevor Bauer. And he finished strong, but unlike with Robert Stevenson, I'm not I'm not buying it. And I mean, it's a whole different ADP category too. Uh, Bowers at 146, so he's being drafted pretty high. That's you know uh, that's I think going to relate to the discussion we'll get later about safe starting pitchers because he's he's being drafted at that point where you really do have that choice between safety and upside, and there's something that's going to be imperfect about whoever you take. But I just think that's too aggressive. And, I mean, he, his last uh, 13 appearances, 12 of which were starts last year, he had a 2.42 ERA. He went 9-1, a 121 whip, which is pretty nice for Bauer, who's had his, his share of uh, control issues, but not late last season. But he did give up 11 home runs. 
and he had a crazy 93% strand rate to get to that 2.42 ERA. So, you know, even if you factor in some regression with that strikeout-to-walk ratio, I mean, he could be pretty solid. But between the inconsistency we've seen with Trevor Bauer throughout his career and the fact that he was still prone to the home run, I don't totally trust that that walk rate is going to hold steady going into this year. And that, that to me, is a big risk to take at 146. I agree. I think this number is driven by uh, a lot of people having hope in Trevor Bauer. And plus, let's, for, Mickey Calloway is not there anymore. Who knows what kind of influence yeah. he had on that staff. Um, but you got to shout out Craig in Chicago, who may or may not be listening to this. Longtime listener uh, slash viewer, I guess, going back to our video show days, who was all about Trevor Bauer and still is. Like, I still get a tweet a week from him about Trevor Bauer. So there, he has his believers, man. He's got people who, who see, I think, the opposite of what you're seeing. Like, you know, if you're looking at his numbers as glass, same numbers, but glass half full, glass half empty. It's all perception. That's, that's my, you know, pithy analysis. No, they're going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it, that it is. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's an interesting <laughs> point you raise because it's just, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, make these pronouncements and say, you know, this guy's on my bust list and I don't trust this. But, you know, it's, it's a mix of good and bad. And with Bauer, it's also it's a, it's a mix of uh, falling short of expectations for a long time. And I'm just really sort of bitter and sour about it. And Craig from Chicago is, you know, he's of a more optimistic bent. Yeah, which is, I mean, but, that's, that's not totally the outlier either. You know, like a lot of people obviously like Trevor Bauer if they're pushing his ADP up to 146. He finally yeah. figured it out, quote unquote. Yeah, he's burned me too many times. I understand. Yeah. Well, somebody I was very optimistic about last year is Mike Zunino, and I had him on my sleepers list. And now I've got him on my bus list. He's number seven. He's going just a little behind Bauer, 163, but, uh, of course, different position. Uh, among catchers, that's good for eighth place. He's the, the, the eighth catcher being taken off the board on average. And, you know, I get it. I mean, he followed through on the big power, which was part of why I, I liked him a year ago. I thought there was tremendous power potential there. He hit 251, which a catcher, you'll gladly take that with 25 home runs. But... Dude struck out a lot, you know, has always done that in the, at the major league level. He hit fly balls at a 46% rate, which is very high. He uh, had a 51% pull rate, which is, you know, Brian Dozier territory, very high. Um, second highest launch angle behind Joey Gallo, and he trailed Joey Gallo by one-tenth of one degree. So, <laughs> essentially, he and Gallo were like the co-leaders in launch a- angle. And I had... Um, Keith Barnes was on the show yesterday, and he talked about how hitters with, with high launch angles, how they, they really have this like, very small window in terms of making contact. Well, I think you could also argue that you have a small window for making good contact. So, yeah, when Gallo or Zunino gets a hold of one, it's going to go really far. But, you know, there's also likely to be some, some not-so-good contact in there and uh zunino had a 355 babip which you know raised all of of his you know, raised his batting average raised most likely his his run production stats but of the 26 hitters last year with at least 400 plate appearances that had a fly ball rate of at least 45 percent only six had babips that were 290 or higher and 290 is a little below average and zunino and trevor story were the only ones to clear a 330 babip or higher 
So this just smells like an outlier to me. And I'll give Trevor Story a little bit more credit on on a high Babbitt because at least he's got some speed. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Mike Zanino, to me, is 220 hitter. The power, yep. uh, right, you're giving up 30 points of batting average last year if you're going after Zanino this high. Maybe with the same power. De- Babbitt's definitely going down. Um, and plus, like, you just see catchers rarely repeat. Outside of Buster Posey, you, uh, like, they wear down. And Buster Posey plays a lot of first base, too. Um, yep. You know, I'd, I'd be worried about any catcher building on a really great season. I would, I would worry that's the peak. Like, you want to catch a guy like um, Austin Hedges. Like, that's, he's, he's kind of more in my range where he hasn't hit that peak yet. Um, I feel like Zanino has given us so many seasons of kind of iffy average, and you know the power is there, but the average quite isn't. Um, that I would, well, I would maybe Travis Darnold I might wait on, and then just not yeah. go so hard on Zanino. You know, you're you're helping me make my point really well here because I, you take away 30 points off the batting average for Zanino, and I don't know that there's going to be much of anything that separates him from Hedges or Darno. So that's the point exactly. Why not wait a little while longer? for somebody who, who could very well be equivalent or very close to equivalent, and, you're, and you can wait a lot longer. And, and with Trevor Story, I should mention, too, he's got Coors Field, so that's also going to you know, help him be an outlier there. I don't see a reason to think that Mike Zunino is going to be some sort of weird BABIP outlier. Right. But speaking of which, um, I've got a guy who's been a BABIP outlier for not one but two seasons in a row that I want to talk about. He's going to be my outlier of the day. But before I, I get to him, Nando, just uh, time to mention that Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls every week with free entry. So simply sign up and enter. You can do so at www. Dot fantasyfactor.com. Um, so, yeah, speaking of Babbitt outliers, Javier Baez is my outlier of the day. Yes. Last. <laughs> well, uh, oh, wait, in a bad way. Why, yes. I think you're going in a bad way. I, in a bad Well, you know, here's the thing. It's, you know, talk about like its perception. The guys I'm putting on the outlier list, it's like for me, the jury's, jury's out on these guys. Like okay. it might be bad. It might be good. I don't know. And I'm just, I'm basically, this is like the, the shoulder shrug list. Uh, so I started off with Jake Odorizzi. I had Wade Miley yesterday. Javier Baez today. Um, guys who have just done things I just don't understand. And it could be really cool if there's just some, you know, secret sauce here that I, I've not discovered yet. The last two years, Baez has been above average, well above average on Babbitt. 336 in 2016. Last year, improving to 345. X, his expected average, uh, I'm sorry, not expected average, expected Babbitt. For those two years, 301 and 304. So just plain old average. Um, And yet he's on ground balls and live drives. He's hit much better than the models would would predict that he would. Uh, In terms of expected average and expected slugging, he's basically the last two years been Brandon Crawford. So I don't know whether or not, you know, if I I, uh, believe the, the X stats then I want nothing to do with Javier Baez this year. But he's done it two years in a row, so I think there's some benefit of the doubt. But it sounded like you were, you were sort of ready to pounce there. So what's your, <laughs> your, take, what's your take on Javier Baez? I just like Javier Baez. I, I'm, I think if you look what he did in the minors, A, was great. You know, the batting average, I understand, it's probably not going to – I could see it dipping down to like a 260. I think the power is going to go up. This guy just turned 25. And we used to say 27 was the peak age. 
So he's yeah. he just turned 25. He's been thrown all around the baseball diamond by his manager. Like last year, second base, shortstop, played a little third. They threw him in the outfield. Had, might have like four games at first. Um, I, I just think he's about to hit in a major way this year. And I kind of believe the Babip. He does have some speed. He could, he could beat out some grounders. Um, but I think like whereas Brandon Crawford, we've seen for a few years, he's maybe a quote of several years older than Javi Baez. I feel like we all get kind of like the Javi Baez has been around for a while and forget that he's only 25. And yeah. that, like he, he could take another major, major step, especially if they just let him stay at one position and just play. But the fact that they bounce yeah. him around like that and he still hit 270 with 23 home runs, it's pretty impressive. No, I, I have to agree. And I think, you know, maybe this year there'll be a little bit more stability for him. Um, you know, he's been sort of gradually stepping up into a more prominent role in that lineup. So as, as Ben Zobra sort of, you know, fades a little bit year by year, uh, Baez, I think, maybe solidifies his position more and, and maybe that helps him. But, yeah, it's interesting. And you mentioned the speed. I think maybe that's the, the reason for me to hold out some hope for Javier Baez because it seems like the guys that do get – um, underappreciated by the, the X stats uh, are, are the speedier ones. So, you know, we'll see if he can do it for a third year in a row. But now do we got three minutes left. No. Uh, so we're not going to do a, a, a whole thing. Hey, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm pleased we got, you know, this much. Uh, <laughs> we put, we'll put a lot of stuff out there on this show. So, Al, I, you, I, you I, have I this for it. tomorrow. Now you have a whole segment for tomorrow. I love that. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, we, we promised the people talk about safe starting pitchers. So let me start with this question. Um, ideally, what's your goal coming out of uh, you know, draft day in terms of like how many studs do you want to have? And, and where, where's the stud cut off? Like the really high level dependable. I don't mean like, the, you know, the big four, but I mean, like guys that you feel really good about as your your sp1s and your sp2s how deep does that go in your rankings top 20 top 30 top 40 and how many of those guys do you want so i'm more of the guy who likes two sp2s as opposed to like an sp1 or an sp3 so i don't mm-hmm. know like I, I wrote a list for you and i got darvish wood and barrios i don't know are they maybe darvish is an sp1 is wood now an sp1 uh not i don't think so is darvish i think there's way too too much risk borderline i think so if i have wood and barrios I'm happy with that as my base. Or Barrios. Okay. I think Severino's a one, right? He's too high. Yeah, definitely. Maybe even like Wooden Godly I'd be okay with. Um, if I started like Wood, Barrios, and Richards, or even like Wood, Barrios, and Lynn, or Wood, Barrios, Taiwan Walker, and Giolito, like that's the, kind of, that's the kind of shape I like my staff to take, as opposed to like Kershaw, and then, I don't know, some other kind of boring dudes. Okay, but it sounds like we're sort of on the same page. Like Kershaw Samarja. Saying, once you get, okay, perfect. Because, yeah, once you get past the, you know, the SP1s and the SP2s and you're basically into, the, like, the low 20s, early 30s in your rankings, you're, you're sort of saying meh, right? Yeah, that's, well, it's weird. Like, I don't know, have you ever watched um, Westworld? I have not. I guess you wouldn't. Well, people who are listening, uh, <laughs> you know, Westworld, like, the, the robots can't see things. Like, they're programmed not to see. And for me, it's like that. Like, I go down the list, and I, like, I don't even consider Jeff Samarja. My eyes just completely scan past him like he doesn't exist in my universe. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we got to table him for uh, the next Nando Thursday then. Because I, I, I do think he's, he's interesting. Sort of like I talked about Xander Bogarts uh, a few episodes back about being this very polarizing player. I think Samarja's the same way in the, in the pitcher pool. But Nando Thursday, sadly, is over, Nando. 
but happily there's another one coming. There is. Probably on Thursday next week. <laughs> we'll so see. Stay tuned for that. I'll be back here tomorrow. Uh, so thanks for uh, listening and uh, have a great one, everybody. See you Friday. <laughs>